Vineyard Westside welcomes everyone. It doesn't matter where you've been or what you've done. Come as you are, because we believe that love wins, period. Hey, good morning, everybody. How you doing? Excelente. Excelente. Good, good, that's good. Hey, good to see you guys. Hey, we're going to invite our ushers to come forward so we can do an offering together. Um, if you guys would pray with me, that'd be, that'd be lovely. God, thank you for that time of worship. Thank you for um, just that place we get to be together where even though we're, we're all different kinds of boats, we go through the same storm and we get to, to hit the same waves and um, God, we, we get to be on this journey together. We thank you for friends. We just pray that, um, I, I pray specifically for anybody in this room that needs those friends, that needs to find their people, that they would find them. And uh, we just thank you for an opportunity to, to show the world who you are and what you look like in this place. And we, we give you this offering, we just pray that you would multiply it and, and use it for whatever your kingdom purposes are, whatever you want to do. Pray that in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Yeah. We have a shout out? <laughs> no, thank you so much. That's what I love. I love that... Um, that you know there a, a lot of times there are churches where the kind of the older model of things that I see but it still is is happening all over the place where it's kind of expected that the the pastor takes care of everything and somehow meets all the needs of all the people um, I am not that capable I just am not, and uh, I love that this place, though, is doing what it's supposed to do, that we are a royal priesthood, as it is said in Scripture, that all of us are equipped and qualified to be able to minister to people, and um, it's, it's a beautiful thing, so thank you. Thank you for being a good church. Hey, I love you. You're a good cheerleader. Thank you. Hey, I want to talk about um, our brains today uh, and the battle of the brain. The battle of the brain. How many of you have battles with your brain more than any other thing? Um, statistically, um, the, the number of people who, who suffer with anxiety and things with that, like depression and certain other things, would say that more of you than just raised your hand struggle with the battle of the brain. Um, that there are thought battles that go on. Um, can I share something with you guys? Something kind of personal? Something kind of has me feeling a certain kind of way? I need to show you guys something. So it's a fashion choice, sort of. I need to show you that... This here 
This is a compression sock. <laughs> you know why I'm wearing that? Because I'm in my 40s. Oh, you're lucky you're not in your 50s. That's what I hear. It sounds terrible. I'm wearing it because uh, a few days ago, um, my, my, my left calf started hurting like crazy uh, randomly and... You know, I, I didn't think a lot of, about it because I think that when you're in your 40s, you wake up a lot of days feeling like you were in a car accident when you weren't. Like you just wake up and you're like, somebody, somebody beat me. But it was, it was sore for a couple days and uh, then uh, I, I was doing absolutely nothing. People are like, what were you doing? Sprints? Were you doing that? Nothing. I was walking into another room in my house, and uh, my wife and daughter heard it. It popped. There was a popping noise that was audible from my calf and uh, a feeling that was like liquid hot pain. And, uh, and so then the wheels start going, the brain starts moving, and all of the thoughts start coming in that uh, it's... Um, it's cancer. It's, it's a blood clot. It's a blood clot. And lots of people in my family have had different blood, blood clots can be horrible. And oh, I think it's a blood clot. And I'm, I'm taking the temperature of my leg to see if it's hotter here. And, um, it, it, it wasn't those things. It's a, a calf strain, but, uh, those suck as well. Um, but of course, during that time, how many of you do the same thing where you start thinking it's this or it's this or it's this or it's, it could be this or maybe it's because, I mean, I was, any of you grow up kind of close to Fernald? I did. <laughs> like it's nuclear radiation, it's this, it's this, it's the, it's the COVID, it's the vaccine, it's the, it's the upcoming election. And then another place that my weird brain goes is uh, all the time I'm reminded of when my wife told me several years back she had, a, she had a vision from God of the two of us. And one of the really cool things, the way that God speaks to her a lot of times is through these, these visions where she just has like a picture that comes into her brain and she sees something and it's a... a it's something that, like, I don't know. If you, if you experience it, you know it. Like, you know that I got this thing, and it was different than just um, me imagining something. But my wife, years ago, had this vision of the two of us being very old together. And she's told me that, and it's come up multiple times before that, you know, in my in my experience, I've been pretty honest with you guys too, and at, at different times, I mean, I've wanted to not, not even be here anymore. Um, I'm a bipolar person. I, I have all kinds of, I have more issues than Spider-Man, Superman. Um, and at certain times, it has been one of those dark places of feeling like I don't even want to be here anymore and that reminder of you what do you that doesn't even make any sense because I had a vision of us being very old together 
And so uh, it's a thing that's been an encouragement a million times and a reminder and, and a thing to stand on and shoot for. And we're going to be really old together. My wife and I have been married for 21 years, but this was a vision where we were like married for like 60. And we were old. I can't imagine the things that are going to hurt. But one of the places my brain goes that some of us do is we can use that thing that God gave as a gift and we can let the enemy come in and try to use that thing in the opposite way. Uh, that that would be the thing where uh, I will start to think, well, I'm not even allowed to tell you about the stuff that I, I feel or think or am I, I'm hurting or I'm worried about this or I'm, I think that I have cancer or this or this or this. Because you have this vision, and, and so I, I am afraid that you're not even going to hear what I have to say. Or that, uh, well, God, what was that? Was that a lie? Did you lie to my wife? Did you lie to me? Did you do this? Because does your brain ever do that stuff? It's a battle that goes on in your brain. And it's between, it really is between faith and fear all the time. That you let yourself give in to fear. We want to trust God, but we also want to be in control, right? And so we will try to make things happen, force things to happen, and if they don't, then we don't trust that everything's going to be okay. Over the years, I mean, I've been a pastor now for somehow 18 years. Um, and in that time, I mean, there's been all the time issues of having confidence in my calling. Was I really called by God to do this? Did he really, am I, was I really supposed to do, am I equipped to do this? Am I able to, and that crippling insecurity that you have can paralyze you from doing the, really the cool stuff that God wants you to do. The stuff that is world changing, the stuff that makes a, a difference with people. It can, it can stop you from doing that. Most of life's battles are won or lost in your mind. Most of life's battles are won or lost in your mind. The good news that we have and that I have been able to lean on, and I, I wish it was, I wish it, I, I'm still working on it being permanent all the time in me. But the good news is that God's word has power not to just help us or encourage us or something like God's word has the power to actually transform us, to change us into different beings with different brains, with different thoughts, with different experiences, different outcomes, different families, different everything. Because he can renew our mind. He can renew our mind with the truth. My mind needs renewed constantly, all the time, uh, all the time, especially on weekends. Second Corinthians chapter 10 is, here's what it says about how, how this even, what it, how the heck does God transform our mind? It says, for though we live in a world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons that we fight with are, weapon, are not weapons of the world, but on the contrary, they are 
Weapons that have divine power. Power to demolish strongholds. Power to demolish strongholds. God has demolishing power sometimes. He has all different types of power. And some of that power is beautiful and some of it is destructive. And God has this demolishing power that in the the Greek word for it is dunamis. The explosive power of God when something needs to be blown up. Sometimes we need things to be blown up. And you have to blow up military strongholds sometimes. Where they would have a fortress that is built on the highest peak of a city that it would be reinforced with walls that are 20 feet thick. And the only way, the only way to get through it, the only way to break that stronghold is to, is to blow it up. Our spiritual enemy... He, everything he's ever done, everything he's ever um, been successful in, he, he learned from God and, and tried to use it against us in some way or tried to use it in a, a perverted way or a, a wrong way. What does our spiritual enemy do to us? He tries to do the same thing, but he says, you know what, they, these people, these humans seem to be very susceptible to... Um, thoughts and their thoughts seem to be able to control them very easily and so what he tries to do is he tries to shape our way of thinking one thought at a time and some of us can find ourselves in a prison of lies these lies that say things like you can't trust anybody that um, you're not going to succeed that you're going to fail again because you always fail, because you are a failure. Lies that say things like you're always going to be broke, just like your dad, just like your mom, just like this. Lies that say things to us like you're never going to have a good marriage. Lies that say God doesn't really hear your prayers. Lies that say he's not listening to you because you did something wrong or that he doesn't care or that nothing you do is going to make a difference or that you're never going to have this amount of dot, dot, dot. They're just, they're lies and they're the most powerful enemy. They're the most powerful tool of the enemy, I think, because they, I mean, they just work. They just work. In 2 Corinthians, he says, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. We take captive, how how do you transform your mind? You take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. You take captive every thought, you, you, you grab a hold of every, everything that comes in that maybe this is a lie. Maybe this is a lie from the enemy. And a lot of times we don't recognize it. We'll just say, that's just something that I think. I'll tell you, a, a very easy indicator is um, what's, what's the tone of voice? Because God's tone of voice is not ever accusatory. It's not ever pointing a finger at you. 
saying you're this, you're that, you're never going to be this, you'll always be like that. If it's ever accusatory, that is not God. It's spelled out in Scripture. It's not the way that he talks to us unless he's saying things like, I love you. I'm for you. I'm not against you. With me, you can do all things. And so any thought that comes in that maybe it could be a lie, maybe it could be from the enemy, maybe you don't believe in the devil, maybe you believe that there's, there's two devils behind every bush, you take whatever that thought is and you make it captive. It means to grab it and take a look at it from all different sides and say, is this really true? Um, I, I always feel like I, 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 I say it too, too often, but it... It's just, it's too often. I have a tattoo on my hand right here so that I can see it. It hurts right here. If you're ever going to get tattooed, um, do it if it's for the right thing. It hurts really bad. But this one on me says, is that really true? Because I have to keep taking every thought captive and asking, is that really true? Is that really true? What I just thought just now what I thought about myself, what I thought about them. Is that really true? And the way that you know the truth is through the Word. You can, you can read and memorize Scripture. You can start to memorize a verse every week. Start to do like a, a, a daily devotional thing on version. If you don't have some kind of app on your phone, you got to start something. There's, there's free apps everywhere. The Bible app, version. You can do daily devotionals. Yeah, our church app has a Bible built into it. You can do the same thing. You can do devotionals, and you can start to learn a verse. And these verses are weapons that we wage in war against the enemy because the enemy is going to bring something out, and we're going to say, you know what? i got a shield against that. I have a sword that will answer that. And so we take that thought captive and we say, we're going to make you bow down to the truth of Christ. And we're going to compare it against what he says about me and what you're saying about me right now and see which one is true. And it's just shining a light in the darkness. Science and the Bible agree in this particular area. And it's one of the things that I love that um, I'm a big fan of cognitive behavioral therapy. Uh, cognitive behavioral psychology because I believe it was birthed out of Christianity. Um, the, everything just like the more and more that you look into it, cognitive behavioral therapy, if you've ever ended up in a, um, a place that maybe, maybe you don't want to be, like uh, you're put in a psychiatric hold or you have, to, you have to attend groups with people in some kind of way and you're not allowed to leave when you want to, um, they're going to be going through cognitive be behavioral therapy a lot of times um, to dig into challenges that you have, disorders, addictions, anxiety, depression, all these different things. But what they always come back to is that many, many, many of these things uh, come from or they get uh, multiplied, magnified by toxic thinking that toxic thinking can actually ruin your life. That some of us have fears of things like a shark in the ocean, 
that, that is going to get you and um, maybe you had an experience in the ocean and you saw a shark and you were afraid. And some of us can lay in bed and we can imagine a shark in the ocean that is somehow going to get us in our bed. And it makes zero sense whatsoever, but your heart rate is the same response. Your actual fear indicators are the same as if you were really there. Our lives are always moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. Proverbs chapter 23, it says this, For as he thinks in his heart, so he is. For as he thinks in his heart, so he is. That, you know, our life is a reflection of the thoughts that we think. What, what we think ends up determining who we really become. And so if you think you can't do it, you probably can't. You probably won't. But if you think you can do it, whatever it is, you probably will. As a general rule, if you think you can't, you probably won't. If you think you will, you probably can. And so maybe you dwell on problems and let them overwhelm you. Um, you have the ability to transform your mind and renew it and start to be a person who looks for solutions instead. And if you're a person who looks for solutions instead of just dwelling and living in your problems, if you look for solutions, guess what? You're going to find some. It's pretty neat. <laughs> if you feel like a victim all the time, though, you're probably going to be a victim. If you believe that you can overcome anything with Jesus and you line yourself up with the truth, it says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. You can. Yeah, we'll do a clap. That life that you have is a reflection of the thoughts that you think. Um, one group that I was in that I didn't want to be in at some point had a thought audit in it. I think I have this. Can we show this thought audit? Um, and it was just trying to figure out where your thoughts are. This, just even a, a quick going through this with you. Where are your thoughts most of the time? Like, where are they right now? Are you in the worried category or the peaceful category? One through ten. Where would you put yourself? Are you in the negative category or the positive? Are you glass half full or half empty kind of person? There's the glass broken all over the floor. And for some reason it had urine in it. That's some of you. I know. Where are your thoughts? Are they on worldly things or eternal things? Like stuff that doesn't matter or things that will. Worried about things like, what are, what are people going think to think about me? Worried about the kids or worried about your future or worried about money all the time or worried about your job or worried about your health. All the, are you in the worried category or are you a person who's secure in God's promises that, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the things that I can and I'm going to trust in God and I'm going to have peace. Are you a negative person that's critical and you find faults in everything? So before, when I was in high school, some of my friends had a nickname for me that was 
dream crusher. <laughs> I still crush some dreams. <laughs> are you going to be, dis- are you feeling, are you, your thoughts discontent all the time? Do you always think, why is everything so hard? If you think, why is everything so hard? Like that's in that category of negative. I'm, I'm just always so busy. A lot of us, we feel like we're going to be called lazy if we don't say that we're busy. You have to stop. Like, we, we don't care how busy you are. <laughs> like, I, I don't, I'm just looking for some other people who could maybe grab a weird time lunch at like 2.30 p.m. sometimes. Like, or are you positive? Are you a person that believes the best in people, that life is good, that there's an optimistic future? Are you a worldly person uh, that's consumed with this life, material possessions, being liked by people? Uh, or is there an eternal difference with your thinking? Um, like, it matters the number of gifts that you give away instead of get. Uh, it matters how many people you reach. It matters what your job or your calling is because you want to be walking in the will of God. Like, you think about leaving a godly legacy behind, those sorts of things. How am I going to make an impact that changes people? How do, I, how do I walk into situations and people are better when I leave? The things that come into your mind, though, they, they come out in your life. You can't have a positive, live, a positive life and um, a negative thought process at the same time. Your life's always going to move in the same direction as your, your biggest or strongest thoughts. Um, if you're a note taker and you want to write some things down that you, can, that you can do, some steps that you can take, these are, these are some steps that I have to continually take myself. Um, The first one is this, that you have to identify the biggest stronghold that's holding you back. You have to identify the biggest stronghold that's holding you back. Um, I I guess I would modify it and say not even the big, just identify a stronghold. Identify something that's holding you back. Is it a thing in you, and I, I would boil it down to a short sentence. A stronghold in your life is a short little sentence that you replay lots of times. Um, I'm not good enough. I'm poor. Um, my past is too bad. Uh, you can't trust anybody. Um, I'm always going to be fat. I'm never going to be strong enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not tall enough. I'm not good with money. I'm not... I can't get close to God. I'm never going to have a job that I love. Um, those, those little short sentences that seem to replay a lot of times, those are things that I would look at as a possible stronghold. Those negative thoughts that you end up having, they can actually change the chemical makeup of your brain. Um, we talked about this a few weeks ago, but every thought that we have, it creates a, a, a neurochemical change in your body. It creates a neural pathway 
And so you think a thing that um, I'm, I'm never going to be I'm never going to be out of debt. And you keep thinking that and it's going to start to wear a groove. Uh, it, those thoughts have weight to them. They have actual weight to them. They, they make paths. They groove. They will like carve out space in your brain. And we have billions of neural pathways, but some of them have only been traveled one time. Some of them become stronger and stronger. And then other thoughts will fall into them like a rut as they get bigger and bigger. And you'll start to lump things into that, that you can't trust anybody. Well, that's why I always say you can't trust it. What are you talking about? We're not talking about trusting people. Maybe you have a groove that's really deep on that one. The more often you think a thought, the easier it is to think it again. It becomes your default. And so those are strongholds. They're kind of those wrong thought patterns that we get stuck in. When we have positive things, we get a little surge of a rewarding neurotransmitter that kind of goes off in our brain. And this is, this is dopamine. And that dopamine, man, some of us are chasing dopamine, right? And you can chase dopamine in a lot of different things. Dopamine can be released, and that's your little happy sensors that go off in your brain. They're the things in your brain that says, yes, I like this. Yes, this is good. Yes, I'm okay. Yes, I'm safe. Um, yes, I like this. Your little happy pleasure sensors. Dopamine can get rewarded from so many different weird things, though. How many comments you got on your post? Dopamine release. Like, oh my gosh, did you see this? This has, this has 2,000 views for some reason. Dopamine released. You have a frustrating day at work, and it feels like chaos, and you're yelling, and you're, what we end up seeking is just dopamine. Like, we have, the, I'm not feeling dopamine at all right now. I need it. And so what do we, there's cake. There's chips. There's Grippo's barbecue chips, and they're just so good. There's ice cream. There's Taco Bell. Dopamine. Skittles, baby. Dopamine hits. Man. And now they brought lime back. Yes. <laughs> Green apple does not give me dopamine. But you can get those dopamine hits from a million different good things, of course. You can get dopamine hits from praying for somebody, from being prayed for. You can get dopamines reading scripture. You get dopamine giving somebody a hug by going for a walk, by doing a workout, by reading the Bible, but just a million different things. Listening to music. You think it a different way and it'll forge a new path in your brain. This is important to identify a stronghold that's holding you back. Uh, and so that's the, the first one is identify a stronghold. The second thing I would say is that we have to name the truth that demolishes that stronghold. Name the truth that demolishes it. Because um, here, here's a weird thing about the strongholds. The strongholds that go on in our brain, the strongholds that I think are from the enemy, um, they have one big weakness. The door is unlocked. The door is unlocked.
We can leave. We can leave whenever we want to. It says in 2 Corinthians, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And so we identify a stronghold, we name it, we say, okay, this is the one that I keep getting stuck on um, because you can't defeat the thing that you can't define. And if somebody says what's wrong and you say, I don't know, you've got to work on figuring out what it is. <coughs> we take captive those thoughts and that captive is a war term. You would capture somebody with a spear or a sword. They would be your captive. The only offensive weapon that we're given as believers is the sword of truth. It's the word of God. Everything else is defensive. If you look at the, the, you know, the, the armor of God that we're given, every piece of it is defensive. A shield, it's leather sheaths to cover your legs, it's this and that. The only offensive weapon that we have is the sword of truth, the word of God, the Bible itself. And so if you have that thought replaying, I'm not good enough, I'm not enough, I don't have what it takes, those kind of things. The truth, the truth is not in that statement. The truth is this, Second Peter chapter 1, it says, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. You feel like, I don't have enough, I don't, I'm not good enough, I don't have what it takes. You've been given everything. Time, patience, energy, wisdom, people, resources. John chapter 8 says, Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And you embrace the truth, and really it just opens the door of that stronghold. It can be destroyed, yes, but you can also just walk out of the thing. Feel like you can't get it all done, that you... Man, you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. Talked with somebody this past week who um, they were struggling in their relationship because um, they they overheard they overheard somebody talking with their their husband about them not being attractive, and it was like soul crushing. And I imagine where my mind would go. And that, um, and so now they're, they, they were just immediately just building more and more thicker walls around the, the stronghold of I'm not attractive. I don't look like I'm not good enough. He, and the truth is that she was fearfully and wonderfully made. And that this ridiculous joker that came along and said some bullcrap has no power over her. If you hear things, feel things, think things like, I feel all alone, like I'm always going to be alone. The truth, the weapon that we use against that, the truth is that my God is with me, he is for me, he's not against me, he will never forsake me, he'll never leave me. If you feel like you're a victim, that you would know that the word of God says you're an overcomer. That you're not who the enemy says that you are. Basically, if you're able to identify that the enemy is saying it, take it as flattery. 
But, oh, he thinks I'm a threat. He is trying to throw. If the enemy is starting to work in your life, congratulations. Your life is going to move in the direction of the stuff that comes into your mind. The stuff that comes into your mind doesn't have to stay the way that it is. You can transform it and renew it. You can capture the lies. You can replace the truth. Replace it with the truth, sorry. (laughs) And not stay locked in that prison. Uh, Because Jesus holds the keys. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I want to pray for uh, just brothers and sisters in this room today who are, are, are in a continual war with their mind. God, with the things that come in, that they're, if they feel like they're their own worst enemy, that, that would be, this would be the last day that they've ever thought that. That they would recognize and own that they have the power and the authority to be able to transform their thoughts and be able to transform their existence, the direction of their life that it takes because they're able to filter it through the truth. We just pray that you would help us to, to know more about who you are, who we are, what it means to be sons and daughters of yours, what it means to have you as a dad, our position in the kingdom, that we'd be able to recognize that we're royalty, that we're sons and daughters of the Most High King, that we can do all things through you. We just say, come Holy Spirit. Just pray that you would be speaking truth over lies. Pray that um, new lies would be revealed and found out today. Connect that dot for the first time for some of us, that there's there's a stronghold there. Begin to chip away at it, break it down, blow it up, open the door. Jesus, we love you. We love the way that you work. Thank you for making us people who are able to be free. Thanks for loving us the way that you do. Help us to love ourselves and love other people. Pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hey, God bless you guys. If any of you would like to be prayed for for anything at all, We'll have some prayer team people over here by the cross. They would love to pray for you. Um, I hope you guys have a good week. Seek the truth. For more information about Vineyard Westside, please visit vineyardwestside.com.